G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. With only one day's worth of kosher purified olive oil to light the menorah, it actually lasted a full eight days, mm. and that's why it's called the Festival of Lights. Amazing. But this is actually also pointing to something future. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. This is our last program in a series about Hanukkah, the Feast of Dedication, or the Festival of Lights, which is referred to in John 10. We've already learned what Hanukkah is and why it came about in the first place, and we're going to finish off today by understanding why Hanukkah is important for both Jews and Gentiles in light of the future return of Jesus. After King Solomon's temple was destroyed by the Babylonians, they go into 70 years of captivity to come back and Zerubbabel builds this humble little building to be used as a temple. And then, of course, King Herod the Great comes on the scene and he builds this magnificent edifice. And both of those temples, the the only two temples in Jewish history, they have dedication ceremonies, one in the autumn, one in the spring. And then you read last time in John 10 that there is this feast of dedication and it's in the wintertime. And we learned that that was simply because of um, a Hanukkah. That's right. So this was all to do with the Maccabean Revolt, which yeah. happened in 164 BC. Uh, it was on the 25th of Kislev that uh, in the Hebrew calendar that this uh, abomination uh, of desolation had taken place. Yeah. And that, I guess, fired up the Maccabeans. Three years they fought against Antiochus Epiphanes and overcame him, which is pretty amazing. He had done what they called this abomination of desolation. Where which, he, which was? He had slaughtered a pig on the altar mm-hmm. and then installed a statue of Zeus in the Holy of Holies. So you can understand from a Jewish perspective, that was just the you know, utter contempt. You couldn't you know, get contempt. more offensive. So uh, they called it the abomination of desolation. And really that was what the gospel refers to when it talks about this feast of dedication. When the, the temple was cleansed, and rededicated to the Lord. It was the same temple, but it was a fresh dedication. And, of course, the miracle was that with only one day's worth of kosher, purified, produced olive oil to light the menorah, it actually lasted a full eight days, Mm. and that's why it's called the Festival of Lights. It's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. But, But this is actually also pointing to something future. So in Matthew 24... In verses 14 and 15, it says this gospel, this is Jesus' response to his disciples. They're asking, when will the end come? And he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, the gospel actually says, let the reader understand. And that's an interesting little, I guess in brackets, it says that. And we think, well, understand what? What are we actually supposed to understand? Well, it's interesting because he was talking. He he didn't have, he wasn't handing out pamphlets with this written down. (laughs) So here, have a read of this. He was talking to a Jewish audience. So Mm. when he said the abomination of desolation, they're going, yeah, I know what that's referring to. It would meant perfect sense to them. 
this is written for us. Exactly. It was going to be written down for you and I, which means he's saying you need to understand, which means I have to go and do some research to mm. find out what is the abomination of desolation. We've got to understand. That's right. Otherwise, we can be left, I guess, assuming, which is never a good thing, or just misunderstanding it completely to think, well, what is the abomination of desolation? What did it actually refer to? And what does that mean then for the future? Exactly. Okay, so we know now that the abomination of desolation is a reference to this pig being um, slaughtered on the altar. I might add, he also wanted to have um, pigs slaughtered throughout all the different communities throughout Judea wow. to basically force the Jewish people to comply. That was also part of um, Antiochus Epiphanes. Plans, plots and schemes, silly man, <laughs> it wasn't going to work. But it, he also had this, as you said, this um, statue to Zeus, the so-called father of the gods, the you know most high god to the Greeks, put into the Holy of Holies. And here Jesus is saying, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. So he's saying that it's going to be in this holy place. It's also mm. known as the Holy of Holies the holiest place on planet Earth where God's presence dwells. And we mentioned Jesus had already prophesied that that temple that Herod built would be destroyed and not one stone would be left upon another. I've actually walked under some of the ancient tunnels in Jerusalem and there's one place where just before you come up at the corner of the Temple Mount, you look up on the ceiling of the, uh, the, the tunnel and you see these massive great big stones from the temple wall have literally pummeled their way through the ceiling. You see the corners of them sticking through the ceiling. These were the stones that were hurled off and not one of them was left upon another. I walked underneath these things. So, of course, that happened in 70 AD. So Jesus prophesied it. It took place. But then here he's referring to another temple. Exactly. So Jesus is saying this abomination of desolation is going to take place in the holy place. And it's just before he comes back. So Mm. this hasn't happened yet. So what that does tell us is that at some point in the future, in a similar fashion to what happened in um, the Antiochus Epiphany's time during the Maccabees mm. in, um, what was it, 168 BC, that there's going to come a despot, a ruler, who is going to put some kind of a you know blasphemous thing in the Holy of Holies, which means there's going to be another temple. Yeah, that's right. And when he does, it's going to be so blasphemous and it's going to cause devastation, but that's just before Jesus returns. Mm. Now, very often what happens is is Christians kind of get into the debate of, but we don't need a temple. Why do we even worry about the temple? Mm. I don't really think that that's the issue. The issue isn't really whether we need a temple or not. You have to understand, to the Jewish mind, the Messiah hasn't come yet. They mm. need the temple. Yeah, that's right. We say he's already come. We don't need the temple. But they don't know that. They're blinded to that. Of course, Jesus prophesied that it would be there. So at the end of the day, we just accept his word as taken. Absolutely. But I guess the next question then that poses is when will this take place? Because if it's going to happen and it's going to precede Jesus' return, Mm -hmm. when will it happen? Aha. That's a very good question. (laughs) It's all synchronized our watches. I don't think (laughs) anybody on planet Earth has the answer to that. I, I think God in heaven knows the answer to that. Look, the Temple Mount is the most contested piece of geography on planet Earth. But the Jews are preparing. There is a place um, called the Temple Mount Institute that is actually in the Jewish quarter. They have everything already built. 
clothes for the priest, the high priest garments, the crowns for the high priest, the um, the uh, what do you call it, the ephod, the breastplate, mm. all of the vessels that are necessary, the table of shoebread. They've got the altar of incense. They've got everything built. The only what? thing they actually haven't got built is the ark of the covenant. They don't have that built. They're not going to build what? that. Even the giant menorah is already built. It's standing under the, a glass dome in an open square in the Jewish quarter of the old city, and, and it's the, the first working fully functional menorah since the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. It costs $2 million to Whoa. build and make, and they're just waiting. They're just waiting for the next temple. So, so there's, there is full preparation mm. underway. Not all Israelis agree with this, but there's a growing movement, and they've got this stuff ready. The, the point is this. Not whether or not there's going to be a temple, not whether or not we think it's necessary. Bible says it's going to happen. And when that happens, Messiah will come back. But it's going to be devastating when it happens. Mm. And there's going to like when this abomination of desolation takes place with reference to what we know what it was because of Hanukkah and what happened under um, Antiochus Epiphanes. As believers, our responsibility is to hold very closely to our Messiah. And remember that even while Hanukkah is not one of the mandatory feasts, it's the festival of lights. And who is? Mm. Who is the Lord of lights? Who is the light of the world? We have to make sure that we know him, that he's indwelling us, and that we're shining brightly. That's right, and pointing to him. Pointing to him. As you said, it's in John 8 that he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me won't walk in the darkness. But we'll have the light of life. So as the world gets darker and we see future events drawing close and becoming everyday events, we need to ensure that we have the light of life living inside of us. So it's a very fascinating study. Mm, And, of course, you can download the notes from the website, vision.org.au slash foundations, and study it further. But uh, get ready for uh, what's coming in the future with uh, Hanukkah. And we invite you to join us again next time as we continue to discover these deep, rich Hebrew foundations for our Christian faith. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.